Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi there, bed crimers. Hope you're all doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor. If you find you enjoyed this content or learned something, smash that like button and consider subscribing. Now let's dig in. What's up, bed crimers? Hope you guys are all doing well. Today, I'm going to continue to share info about Donna Adelson's life in the Leon County Jail. She was taken there after being arrested and charged on November 21st in connection with her former son-in-law, Danny Markell's murder. On December 14th of 2023, Donna Adelson was still in direct observation at the Leon County Jail. This meant Donna could only have utensils, such as a spoon, in her cell when she was actually eating. When she was done, she had to give the spoon back. I'm assuming this was for safety reasons, both her safety and perhaps the safety of the officers. Well, on December 14th, Donna received her breakfast tray at 6.37 a.m. When the officer asked her later if she was done with her tray, Donna replied, No, because I'm cold and need to warm my hands in order to eat. End quote. Donna promised to give the spoon back when she was done with the tray. But more than an hour later, Donna was sitting on her bunk with her eyes closed and the open breakfast tray. Some of the food was still on the tray. When an officer asked her if she was done with the tray, Donna still replied no. Oy vey, Donna. They wanted to get the tray. They didn't want to. <laughs> they wanted the spoon back. Who would have thought a spoon could cause so much discussion and so many notes in the log about Donna's behavior? which is where I'm finding all this information. In another more recent incident, from January 10th of 2024, Donna Adelson was found with a razor with the blade intact. By the way, she's currently in general population, or gen pop, as they say. Although she was issued the razor, she was supposed to, can you guess, give it back. She didn't do that. So Donna held on to the razor. Now I'm wondering if this was just her wanting to hold on to it so that she could shave again, shave her underarms, her legs, and her chin on the daily. I'm kidding. I'm kidding about the chin. Or was Donna contemplating something more sinister? By now, the reality of being locked behind bars and facing serious charges that will likely see her spend the rest of her life in prison must be setting in. Donna was so calm when she was arrested at the airport. Although her eyes grew very wide, she didn't really seem shocked. She did fight hard to hold on to her cell phone. But after that, Donna's concerns were more about being thirsty, being hot in the car, 
and being inconvenienced as the officers waited for additional paperwork. She wasn't crying. She wasn't shouting out that she's innocent. Instead, she was going out of her way to try and control the officers, asking for water, asking for more water, then insisting on holding the bottle with her cuffed hand and asking to have the air conditioning in the car turned up. And the officers, perhaps intimidated by Donna's imposing presence and sense of superiority and orders, well, they complied. She was controlling them to the extent that she could while handcuffed. Donna seems to be a control freak, and I think that may explain her desire to hold on to spoons, hold on to a razor when the rules say you can't have those in your cell. Now, a day earlier, Donna was, quote, informally disciplined for attempting to wash her clothing when she was previously counseled that the facility was on lockdown and the washer and dryer were not to be used. Donna said she had already placed her clothing in the washer and started it before the officer let her know. Then Donna admitted that she misunderstood when she heard the laundry was closed. She was allowed to finish washing her clothes, but she had to then wait to dry them. The officer told her she would be allowed to do that when the facility was no longer on lockdown. It sounds like Donna is still struggling and churning over no longer having the agency to decide what she's going to do and when. She seems stubborn like my cat, Zoe. No matter how many times I say no to Zoe, she continues to dig through my purse to find hairbands to grab and chew. If you're curious about Donna's daily life now in Gen Pop, let me share with you what she's been up to according to the officer logs. So Donna from day one has had a lot of visits with the mental health staff. And we know from Charlie's ex-girlfriend, June Umchinda, that Donna had been struggling with emotional issues ever since the day the two hitmen and later Katie McBanawa were charged in connection with Danny Markell's death back in 2016, and she and Charlie were named in the probable cause affidavit. If Donna is guilty of conspiring in the plot, then being arrested herself is likely her worst nightmare come true. So these mental health visits really are not that surprising. But I think anyone facing such charges would be having a struggle right now getting used to life in jail and the possibility of life in prison, like forever. Now, on December 29th of 2023, Donna told her jailers that because she had to fill out a lot of paperwork for her attorney while sitting on her bunk with no back support, she was experiencing back pain. This is when the young in jail have a distinct advantage over the elderly. Over the years, a lot of us develop back issues requiring lumbar support. Again, Donna made her own bed, so boo-hoo-hoo for her, but I can see how having back issues 
and not having a chair with good support to sit in could lead to daily pain in jail. I've heard lawyers on other shows say that at 74, Donna Adelson may not survive long behind bars. Her health, both physical and mental, will likely decline rapidly in a facility where individual wants and needs really don't matter. But in Donna's case, she was actually given a plastic chair with back support so that she could complete the paperwork in some degree of comfort. Apparently, this chair was okayed because Donna, at that point, was no longer under mental health observation. I guess they worry that you could hurl the chair at the guards or create some destruction in your cell with the chair. I don't know. Now, back on December 18th, Donna had an hour and 45-minute visit with her then attorneys. Recently, Donna Adelson engaged Daniel Rathbaum and another local Tallahassee attorney to represent her. So she has regular calls and visits with her attorneys. Many were surprised that Donna hired Rathbaum because his defense of her son Charlie resulted in a guilty sentence. But Donna's been singing Rathbaum's praises post-Charlie's trial in the many released jailhouse calls that she and Harvey have had with Charlie. Donna has said that Rathbaum did an excellent job and Charlie's conviction is not because of Rathbaum, but rather because the jurors already had their minds made up before Charlie's trial even started. Donna and Charlie have also made it clear that they don't think very highly of jurors in Tallahassee. They don't think they're very bright, which is so insulting and rude. Note that Dan Rathbaum may soon find himself facing trouble with the bar in Florida if it finds that he really did encourage Donna and Harvey to take a chance on trying to flee to a country like Vietnam, presumably to avoid Donna getting charged and arrested and jailed. You may recall this information came out in Donna's so-called hot mic moment when she was on a call with Charlie. Charlie somehow dropped from the call, but Donna didn't, and she didn't realize she was still being recorded. Do I want to go to sleep and not see my son? I do. Perfectly honest, I do. And what are we doing it? We're doing it together. If Dan Rathbaum really did say the things Donna claims he did, that could be considered misconduct on his part. The only caveat would be if Rathbaum is the person who tipped the police off that Donna was heading to Vietnam. However, if Rathbaum did share that with the cops, then he could be accused of breaching the client-attorney privilege. And I have heard a rumor that a female acquaintance is the person who tipped off the authorities 
about Donna and Harvey's plans to flee the country. Back to Donna's life in prison. Note that on December 18th, Donna was placed on step-down, which is a type of supervision. And because of this, Donna was not allowed to have socks or towels in her cell. This status was due to a mental health evaluation. Donna was allowed, however, to have her tablet, a prison-issued device on which she's allowed to watch TV and movies and read. However, her headphones had to be retrieved after each use. Donna was also allowed to keep her clothing, finally, except again for those socks. She also was able to keep her canteen items and an agency-issued blanket, whatever that is. So Donna's daily life is now spent hanging out on her bunk, reading or watching shows on her tablet, taking a now daily shower. She's also able to now brush her teeth every day, which apparently was forbidden in the beginning. She also has legal documents occasionally to read and sign. She has spoken with her husband Harvey on the phone. I assume she continues to do that. She has regular meetings with her lawyers. She does get some recreation time, which she seems to be taking advantage of. She accepts her food trays when she's in the mood. She doesn't always accept them. I would guess she occasionally reflects on her life, her kids, her two grandchildren, well, actually three grandchildren, including little Roman, and her husband. And per her attorney, Dan Roshbaum, she plans to go to trial. There will be no plea deals. Like her son, Charlie, she's claiming she's innocent. So there you have it. By the way, Rashbaum made a surprise appearance on Surviving the Survivor recently, and here is how he described Donna Adelson. Do you have to, uh, is part of your job as a defense attorney to um, not make Donna Adelson as low, despised, and abhorred as Charlie Adelson currently is? Uh, I mean, look, I think that... Uh the world sees these people through a particular lens. I understand why they see them through the lens, but the reality is they don't know Donna Adelson. Um, they haven't been in a room with her. They haven't spent time with her. They don't know what type of person she is. And so um, they're assuming certain things. And uh, many of those things are just completely false. Um, Can you so, give us an example? Can you give us a couple of examples? Look, I have spent uh, a considerable amount of time with Donna over the years. She is caring, loving. Um, she is probably the most polite client I've ever had in 25 years of doing this. Uh, she's bright, but um, not analytical. Um, she's kind. Um, she's someone I like. She's someone I care about. I would go so far to say that. Um, and that's that's odd for me in representing a client. That interview, by the way, on Surviving the Survivor was fascinating. So I will leave a link to it in the description. I thought it was very interesting that he said that Donna is intelligent, but she's not overly analytical. 
very interesting. I'll have to ponder that for a while. What about you guys? So that's all for today. I'll see you next time on Bed Crime Stories. Do me a favor, smash that like button. And if you want to support the channel, please consider a membership or a Patreon membership. See you next time.